This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Navigation system. Please say a command. On. Ignition. Powered. Seatbelts. Fastened. Shift. Drive. Twin City sports fans, hold on tight. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, this is the Ride with Royce. He's going the distance. You know, a uh, couple things. Patrick, of course, uh, who I'm sitting in for Korzanowski and for Royce on the ride. Of course, tomorrow comes his uh, turkey column. And you said Mackie and Judd break it down. Did they break it down Mackie today? and Judd do a phenomenal they do job it today? of basically the day before Thanksgiving. They do a almost like a pregame show for the turkey of the year. They take calls on who people so think they're going to they have. So they, how did they handicap they, it? They handicapped it, I think... Uh, based upon their own interpretation and by listener input, that PJ Fleck is the leading candidate right now, but it's 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 very close. Who else do they have there? Uh, they have Tibbs, President Trump. Okay, but doesn't they usually have a sports guy? Not yes, but not well, always. It has to be related to sports, like doesn't it usually? Do you ever doubt that Pat can make it relatable to sports? Well, no, you're right because Trump has done sports. He's done the whole NFL, right? He's done the NFL stuff, and I I made and the be- Lonzo Ball stuff, and, and I made a bet with Harrigan uh, a week ago. I I personally thought it, it's a slam dunk. It's PJ Fleck, and then of course the argument. It's well, it's way too obvious, and so I'm now leaning towards because I know how much Pat hates everything that the NFL stands for and the fact that the Super Bowl is coming here this year, it's going to be some type of Donald Trump NFL combination. Who else could it be? I'm trying to think of, of something off. The, like for Rick me, Pitino was uh, was up there. Not Richard, Rick Pitino. Because for me, if I was doing it, it would be either Tibbs or Wiggy, without question. Not even close. But he just did 25 years of Timberwolves basketball yeah, two and, years and, ago. And, you know, and they've gotten in there, yeah, and it's we'll get to that later. So it's uh, But it is one of the... My favorite holiday is, without question, Thanksgiving. No, qu- yep, absolutely. absolutely. And it is because thing. it's everything great about it and none of the responsibilities that come with Christmas. Christmas, to me, is one of my... It's my low-ranking holiday. In fact, it's my least favorite holiday. I like it, though, because of my kids. Because of the kids. Yeah. But I feel incredible pressure... To have all, all sorts of stuff get done, and of course, I don't get it done. Sure. It, it, it weighs on me. But I'm with you. Thanksgiving is my favorite. Every year, yeah. Thanksgiving hits, and I said, you know what? I'm going to go out and take care of all my Christmas stuff early, and then I can always... <laughs> I have the very... It's 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 a blessing and a curse, because I don't get stressed. But I stuff I don't want to do, I just kind of put it off for a long sure. time. And then when I really get pressured to do it, then I can do it, and I do it better, because I'm pressured. But it wouldn't make sense to actually like go out and like start taking care of Christmas stuff right after Thanksgiving. Ah, but, but we work better under pressure. We do. But it is. It, so it has none of the pressures of Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has, you know, football is tied to it, which is great. I'm not I'm not one of these guys to sit down and just watch football all day. I, but you will because it's the Vikings. Oh, I'll watch the Vikings. I love watching the Vikings. I, I will say this, that I truly enjoy 16 games a year, and then the playoffs even better, 
watching the Vikings. But I am not one of these guys who obsesses over the Vikings the other 349 days of the year. Those 16 days, though, I'm into the Vikings. Sure. For the three hours, three and a half hours every Sunday, even when they're bad, I typically watch them. I like watching the Vikings. I do. I find it enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as I've watched them more and more, I've started to become a little bit more uh, calm. In my, I mean, not that you, I would be outwardly calm, but I used to get really worked up over officials watching them. And now I've kind of just accepted the fact that when you watch an NFL game, if you any time you hit the quarterback, unless he even when he still had, if you hit the quarterback, there's about a fifty percent chance there's going to be a penalty. Especially if it's Anthony Barr now. Correct, exactly, and so I don't get upset when it happens because I'm thinking, you know what? At the end of the day, the way the Vikings play, uh, you know, we all everyone here hates Greg Robinson. Is is that his last name? The defensive coordinator for these Saints, Greg Williams. Greg Williams. Greg because he's got two G's on the end, so I call him Greg Williams for Bounty Gate and what they did to Favre. But I guarantee you that the Vikings definitely play that way. They they play that way in two ways. I'm not saying it's dirty. The Vikings, if you've watched them now under Zimmer, what, they're now in their third year? It's fourth year fourth with Zimmer? Year. Fourth, fourth year. Fourth year, yeah. His, his point is, don't be dirty. But when you got a shot at a quarterback and, and you think you're it's you, you know and it's not a dirty play, hit him. And you're still going to get some penalties. I mean, you can think of, you know, and and it works. Because Jared Goff, for a lot of reasons in that game on Sunday, uh, from the Vikings, you know, jumping around in the line, how they disguise things, the, the constant pressure they put on, and the fact that he knows that if they have a shot at him, they're going to hit him, that pays dividends. It's worth one 15-yard penalty to put him under pressure. It was worth hitting uh, To Aaron, put it in the back of his head, is that yes, what you're saying? And, and it was worth knocking out Aaron Rodgers. Not that the, the intent of Barr was to – it was – if I'm with, if I feel I'm within the rules and I can take a shot at him, I'm going to make him pay. And that, I, the Vikings definitely feel that way. They've always had an emphasis on being a very physical Correct. team, but because Zimmer is a has always been a defensive guy, he wants his defense to be somewhat feared. I do agree with that. And Absolutely. The, and the Seattle Seahawks, the two years that they went to the Super Bowl, winning the first year and then losing to New England the second year, they were the most penalized team in the NFL. Yep. But they also have the best defense in the NFL. Well, and in fact, you you bring up a great point, Manny, because people used to always really get on Xavier Rhodes for all of his interference penalties. Yep. And I've said when you watch those Seahawks in their glory years, and and you know they're not the Legion of Boom anymore, but mostly because guys have either left or are hurt, right? It's not that if all those guys are still together, they'd still be the Legion of Boom. They just they're missing what Sherman and another guy and another guy, whatever. Chancellor's out. Yeah, so yeah. they're missing Chancellor and Sherman. Well, you miss two of the four guys. I mean, you're not going to be the same team. Uh, but they were very physical. They would hold, they would grab, they would push, and for every 10 times they would do that, they'd get called once. Well, you know what that is called? A good trade-off. Mm-hmm. And the Vikings are the same. You watch how grabby they are in the secondary. They're going to get some penalties. And anytime they get an interference penalty, I go, okay, fine, it's going to happen. Uh, but you, but there's going to be eight more times that they stop the pass from working when they were borderline penalty, right? And when they do it all the time, and they really do, the refs aren't going to call it every play. It's, they, it's a they, brilliant strategy. It really is. And they know how to, and Xavier Rhodes yes. has kind of figured this out. He, they know how to grab and pull yes. without, they know how to do it subtly, enough Correct. to throw a receiver off his game, but not enough for an official to see it and throw the flag. Correct. And, and he, Richard Sherman is like a master at that. And Xavier Rhodes has gotten way better at it, and Trey right. Waynes is starting to get good at it when you watch him do it. And, but don't you think, too, that it's also a product of the view that the league or fans or refs have of your team? So in other words, if you're viewed as a top five slash elite defense, 
you're going to get away with more be, stuff than if you're the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. Although at the same time, I agree with you. Anthony Barr definitely has a reputation. And you remember a couple years well, ago? You saw it last week. Yeah. Well, you know that was probably a penalty. I mean, it, it was, but what I'm saying is they're now looking for that with him as they a player. Are. Well, do you remember a couple of years ago when he hit when he hit the quarterback going out of bounds and he got called for the penalty and Zimmer lit him up? And then the, the, the league looked at it and said that was was a legal hit and he should have been penalized. And Zimmer had to re, had to apologize to Anthony Barr. Do you remember this? I, I vaguely do. I, I think it was last year. The guy was running along the sideline and he kind of turned up and, and Barr just blew him up. And you know, and the, and the the quarterback made the mistake of turning up field, and Zimmer got very upset with him because he Barr got the penalty, and the league came back and said he wasn't wrong. But but Barr definitely, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not in favor of cheap shots. I'm not in favor. I don't, I don't even know that I'm in favor of the way the Vikings play. I'm just saying that's how they play. They are going to take their shots at you if they can, and I think in the long run it probably pays off for them. Uh, when we come back from the break, well, first we'll go to Kenny. Uh, who I can't look at, by the way. No, so I'm not looking that. at you, Kenny. He's very owly I'm, today. I'm not looking at you. Thank you. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, I'll throw it to you, but I'm not looking at you. Uh, we're going to talk a little. I know you're a Gopher Hoops fan. Oh, I love now, Gopher now, Hoops. We, we don't learn. You know, they've played one game against a legitimate team, and last night they were playing the 350th out of 351 teams uh, in the game. But but I was at the game last night. I've been to a couple games and watched them all, and I have some thoughts about them coming up because they're going into a serious stretch of real games which we're not used to at this time of year. We'll talk about that later in the show. We'll talk to Phil Miller. Little twins, little free agency, and some other things. But first, Traffic with Kenny. Generally speaking, you know, nobody really pays that much attention to go for basketball until what? Um, you know, until... Big, Big Ten, Ten season, season starts. Yeah. But I don't know if, if a lot of people are aware of the Gopher schedule uh, and what's coming up. Uh, their next five games are they play UMass in this some funky tournament in New Jersey. They're playing UMass at Long Island University uh, Friday at 11. You can watch it on Facebook if you go to the Gophers website. It's being streamed on some goofy streaming service, and they play UMass. And in the Sagarin ratings, UMass is like ranked like 128th which would be the second-best team the Gophers have played this year other than Providence, who was ranked in the 30s like the Gophers are in the Sagarins. Uh, then they play Alabama, who's coached by? Avery Johnson. Avery Johnson, and I think his son is playing for him. Uh, and they're ranked 25th in the polls, and when you look at the uh, computer numbers, they're ranked just ahead of the Gophers. They play Saturday at Barclays Center. Again, you can stream that. That's at 4 p.m. on Saturday, the same time the Gophers will be getting their butts kicked by Wisconsin. So, you know, you can watch the first half of Wisconsin, and when Wisconsin's up 30 to nothing at halftime, you can go on <laughs> Facebook and watch, you know, two top 25 teams going at it. And that'll be the second really good team the Gophers will have played this year. And then they come to back to Williams Arena, and on Wednesday night play Miami, and you go, oh, Miami. Miami is really good. I think they might. Did they make the Sweet 16 last year? They might have. Uh, they've been very good. They're ranked 11th in the country. And then did you realize this, Manny? Then the Gophers play two Big Ten games. They play Rutgers and Northwest and, and Nebraska. Every Big Ten, there's two Big Ten games being played. Should in, Rutgers really count as a Big Ten? Not really. In fact, if you look at the Gophers' first four Big Ten games, they play Rutgers at home. Which is right, like like in the Sagarins is like 130. Oh, uh, they God, play so then they play Nebraska. Nebraska they're in the Sagarins. They're like 130. Then they play and then when they then when they then they play a couple more non conference games against some some crappy teams. And then when they their next two Big Ten games are at home against Illinois and at home against Indiana. And I'm just going to say this now. I'm I'm not a guy that does a lot of you know you got to win. If they're not four and zero in those games. Forget winning the Big Ten. I mean, the, you've got to be four and zero. Because Indiana is going through a whole. Indiana's horrible right. Change. Yeah, Indiana's horrible right now, and Illinois is not that good either. And they're and they have three of the four at home. So I mean, they should be four and zero. You know, and they'll still be fourteen to go. But you, they, it's like they got a head start. 
Okay, so uh, but but so you really get a chance over the next week to see, you know, you know, UMass is at least you know they're like a Rutgers, they're like a low level Big Ten team. You know, they should be able to beat them, but it's not like playing, you know, University of Alabama A&M, who they played last night. UMass has not been good since no, Calipari was Calipari and Marcus Camby were there. And Marcus Camby were there, exactly. And 20 honest, years ago. Honest John Calipari yeah. at UMass. Well, no, but if you if you go see the 30 for 30 on Calipari, have you seen it? I don't I've, think I've, I've seen, seen it. I've seen it. It's very good. And you, Well, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge Calipari fan. Sure. Uh, to me, he get, does it right. He gets players in. If he gets some money, he gets some money. One and done. They're they're prepared and they're ready to go to the NBA. He he is he he is he, what he does is he's the professor of NBA. You know, if you want to get an MBA, you go to you know the Wharton School of Business. You want a master of NBA, you go to Calipari University. He will get you. And I would say this: if you're drafting in the NBA and you're you're kind of torn between two players, and one of them went to Kentucky, you might want to take the Kentucky guy, right? Look at how these guys do. And look at wouldn't you agree with me, Manny? Devin Booker, you know, incredible. A uh, cat, mm-hmm. uh, cousins, uh, Davis. I mean, they're just you just line them up. How many great? How many with the Kentucky players? All, all of those guys. John Wall. Ex- all of okay. those guys. Well, yeah, Walls. All, I was going to say all of those guys, with the exception of Anthony Davis and John Wall, probably need to play better defense in the NBA. But they're all very good players. And yes. then you know, Michael Kidd Gilchrist is still a good player in the NBA. He's even got some some guys, some other guys yeah. that are good. But but. They've done really the, the Kentucky guys generally outperform even their high expectations. Because you yeah. think John Wall was the first pick in the draft? Well, he's lived up to those. Anthony Davis, first pick of the draft, he's lived up to those. Carl Anthony Towns, he's lived up to those, right? So so these guys have even when you're the first pick, they're they're not busts. They're all good players. Uh so anyway, I digress. But UMass, and then they but they then they're gonna play, you know, Alabama, Miami, and then after they play the two, then they play the then after they play the two Big Ten games, they play at Arkansas, who's also in the top thirty. Or uh, in the top forty. So at the end of this non-conference season, they will have played Miami. That's a top fifteen Sagarin team. They will have played a uh, Providence, who's a top forty Sagarin team. They will have played Arkansas, who's a top forty. They will have played Alabama, who's a top forty. So it's it's really you know that's a lot. That's four really good games out of your thirteen non-conference games. And really, it's the perfect season for the Gophers to do that because they're really good and they're really experienced, right? And and it, there's nothing. This is a team that that I think should have an expectation and not, of winning the Big Ten championship, and I think they view it that way. That they, that they view that they, you know, they won their last eight regular season Big Ten games last year. Yes, they did, and mm-hmm. they should win their first four this year. I mean, that would put them on a twelve and zero run, you know. And if you're on a twelve and zero run, you're a serious Big Ten title contender. But it also, but I agree with everything you've said. But you're always going to have Michigan State's going to be right there at the end. Um, I think isn't Purdue supposed to be really Purdue good again this year? I mean, lost to Tennessee today. Michigan State got drilled by Duke. Okay, uh, Michigan State's got issues. Okay, Michigan State's great, but they they're got, still Michigan State. Oh, they have, they have their front line is phenomenal. They got Bridges, Ward, and this freshman. I think his name Johnson or Jones. He had a phenomenal game against Duke. Michigan State's problem is they don't have a great backcourt, and you know the Gophers have a have a great backcourt with Mason, Coffee, McBrayer. And now there's two players I want to talk about that I've really that I've really focused on through this first, you know, five games, which is basically four practice games and one real game that they played well. Who's everybody talking about? Jelly. Isaiah Washington. Yeah. Isaiah Washington has got severe attitude problem. I mean severe. What do you mean? And it's going to be interesting to see. He's got great he I was I was talking to people of, of and I've been watching Gophers basketball going back to nineteen seventy two. Okay. Back to back to the Jim Brewer and the fight team with the Muscleman team. I've been watching Gophers basketball, so add that up. That's forty five years I've been watching Gopher basketball. 
And they've had some great guards, right? Bobby Jackson, you know, Eric Harris, uh, Vashon Leonard. You know, you just just list the guys. Now Mason, first team All Big Ten, he has to be listed in that group. Uh, Melvin Newburn, Ariel McDonald, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, some tremendous, you know, uh, Roy uh, uh, Williams, Ray Williams. Uh, uh, you know, tremendous guards. Osborne Lockhart. I mean, guys going way back. Isaiah Washington has the best handle of any guard that the Gophers have ever had. His handle, he reminds me a lot of Kenny Anderson. If you remember Kenny Anderson, mm-hmm. uh, Manny. Yep. Uh, Georgia he, Tech. He, he, he kind of looks like him the way he plays. He dribbles like him. And I think he's Kenny Anderson. Remember, his his knock on him was he was not. He, and he played for Georgia Tech. All you Gophers fans will remember when the Gophers lost to Georgia Tech in the yep. round of eight when Willie Burton scored 35 points and had zero free throw attempts. Meanwhile, Dennis Scott, who all he did was take three shots, went to the free throw line like eight times. Called him 3D. I'm glad uh, you've yeah. let that go. Yeah, yeah. I, I believe that the free throws in that game were something like 35 to seven or something. It was, it was absurd. Well, anyway. And Lynch was on that team as well. Mm-hmm. He missed the shot at the end that, that could have forced overtime. He missed it. He took a three from the corner, kind of forced, and it didn't go in. It's not like he clanked it. I mean, it was a tough shot. But Isaiah Washington has got the has got the, one of the best handles I've ever seen. But he's out there completely for himself, jacks up incredibly horrible shots. And when his shot isn't going, he acts like, I'm way better than this. And he just mopes. He he is it's it's the it's the gophers and then Isaiah Washington kind of playing his own little game. And he likes to do this little jelly roll when he goes in. And twice against Western Carolina, guys swatted it. And you know what, Isaiah, when you're playing in high school, even when you're playing like the 250th best Division I A team, those guys are all Division I basketball players, right? And even the, the best high school team in Minnesota right now has got three Division I players on it. Three on the best team in Minnesota. And most of the high school teams you play have no Division I players on it. So even when you're playing Western Carolina or Alabama A&M, these guys are way better than the guys you were playing in high school. And the Big Ten, they're even way better than that. And when you go in to get a layup, you better go up like a man and not like you put on, like and put jelly on a roll because it's going to keep coming out at you. And and that's probably why because he was a four star recruit if I'm yeah, not mistaken. Yeah, oh, he's a good, he and I see he's it. Very talented, and he that is. might be why it was easier for Rick for, uh, for Richard Patino to be able to get him to come to Minnesota because probably a lot of the other big big time schools that should be recruiting a guy his of his talent level were probably a little bit skittish on. On bringing him in, now it's up to Richard Bertino to sort of yes. hone him in and coach him up and say, "Hey, kid, you need to calm down a little bit." He needs to calm. But I'll tell you, he's got he's got a great shooting for him. He's got he's got he's got the whole game. He just has to say. I was saying last night because they were playing. It was basically a glorified practice, right? We got to go, don't we? Just one thing. Glorify. I would have said last night if I was Richard Bertino because was they weren't going. I would have said to, 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 to Jelly, "You get four assists, then you can take a shot." Then after after that shot, you got to get two more assists before you take another. Just train the. If he just came in and just played the game, I think he'd be out. He's going to be outstanding, but there's a lot to go there. We got to take a break. We'll be right back with the ride. Time to head into the 1500 Twin Cities ESPN Newsroom and Johnny Height. Thanks, Corzo. This update sponsored by Concordia University Online Learning. Get on track to a successful business career with Concordia University St. Paul. Learn online or on campus. Learn more about their business degrees at online.csp.edu. Well, early this morning, the University of Minnesota announcing that the school had agreed to a contract extension with head football coach P.J. Fleck. What took him so long? <laughs> 
that agreement is pending approval of the Board of Regents. Uh, They'll be talking about that when they meet in December. A one-year extension allows the contract to run through the 2022 football season, which means then it goes uh, into January of 2023. The 36-year-old Flack hired originally by the U back in January after four years as head football coach at Western Michigan. University. You know, all I want to know, and I don't know if you have the answer, Johnny, is is how easy is it for him to leave? That's that, a good question. That's, you know, I mean, you you're know, already worried about it. Well, no, I'm just saying that's the only. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna extend it, right? Mm-hmm. The only reason you're gonna do it is to say we want him locked in in case he has success. Mm-hmm. Because if he doesn't, and you want to fire him, it's going to cost you more money to fire him. So the the real key is if it's going to cost you more money to fire him. Then you want to make sure. So if 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 it, if if you have to pay on the downside, right? He's he's a disaster after three years, and you want to fire him. Now you're going to have to pay him for three years because now he's been here for six. The contracts are six. If he's a super success and they go to the Rose Bowl, you want to have the ability to keep him. That's the only reason you have a contract. But largely, though, if if a if a bigger school, a Florida or whoever's got an opening, UCLA. They'll pay whatever buyout it is anyway. They don't care. Maybe, maybe. Typically? Well, it depends. I mean, if it's a million dollars, yeah. If it's a hundred million dollars, no. Well, I mean, it's I'm not going to be a hundred. <laughs> well, no, million. but I'm saying where somewhere between a dollar and a hundred million, it becomes serious. I don't know where that that's is. That's what Florida just did with the guy they just fired when they got him from Colorado State, McIlwain, McIlwain. Yeah, the or guy who was posing with the shark. Did you ever see that picture? I no, guess I didn't. Yes. You never got into that. No. Yeah. There was a picture of a guy who had caught a shark. <laughs> In a, in a real guy. Okay. And he's naked, laying on top of the shark, and it looked exactly like McElwain. Wow. And he denied it was him. He denied it was was himself. Huh. But we never knew whether it was or it wasn't. He got fired for other reasons. Got but it. That was kind of the beginning of the end for McElwain. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the uh, Gophers basketball team last night, uh, number 14 in the nation, of course, beat Alabama A&M. Uh, they now head to Brooklyn to wrap up the other half of the Barclays Center Classic bracket. They play UMass uh, on Friday, and uh, they do play another ranked team on Saturday. They'll play number 25, Alabama. You the know, traffic man is taunting me on Twitter from the other room. Sorry. Right, well, how about this? So last night, the line in that game was 39 and a half. Yeah. It, it, Vegas is amazing. So the Gophers... I have two free. The Gophers are up forty and have two free throws with like <laughs> ten seconds to go and make one. So now they're up forty-one, and down. So they're up forty-one, and here comes this team down the floor. And if they hit a basket, and you got the Gophers minus thirty-nine and a half, you lose. You know, so they missed, and then the Gophers went and got a layup at the end. Forty. <laughs> That 39 and a half, and they won by 41. You know, Amazing. I'm not a big gambler, but one of the best. That would drive you crazy. <laughs> well, oh, yeah. One of the Jeez. best uh, segments that's, I, I think, anyway, is when oh, Van, Pelt, beat. Van Pelt doing the bad beats is hilarious. It's hilarious. Because you know that there's some guy in his basement screaming at the television set because Fresno State had a touchdown scored on him with 38 seconds well, left. Johnny, I was covering Florida in an NCAA tournament game once, and there was a game on before the Florida game. It was one of those 1-16 in 16 games. Mm-hmm. And... Syracuse is up by like, you know, 30, you know, and there's like three minutes to go. And the guy takes out all of us and then Bayheim takes all of us starters. And the guy behind me is going ballistic. <laughs> and I looked at some guy next to me and I said, why is this fan so upset? He goes, check the spread. And I looked at the spread and it was Syracuse minus 31. Oh, and they're up 30 and he's empty in the bench. That's oh, why. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that'd make me quit Something betting. Something like that. Oh, yeah, it will. That well, price. that's why betting on basketball is dumb. Well, betting on a large spread game is insane. Yeah. It just is. When you always take the uh, the home dog when I it's take a double that, digit. Well, last week I took the Giants plus 13 and a half and yes, they won the did. game. Yes, yeah, you there did. you go. Timberwolves in action tonight, playing Orlando at the Target Center. The Wild, uh, they also are playing on this Thanksgiving Eve, uh, but they are on the road. They are in Buffalo.
Uh, Doogie, Darren Wilson, reporting on his podcast that the Twins have engaged the Padres on trying to get uh, Brad Hand. Brad, of course, is a Minnesota native and a very good lefty. Uh, also, uh, the Rays on Alex Calame. Minnesota was previously reported to have talked with the Reds about Raziel Iglesias and uh, some new names that fit the same general profile. Uh, meanwhile, Mike Bernardino of the Pioneer Press also tweeting the Cubs uh, lefty Justin Wilson might be a target for the Twins. Having struggled last year when he landed in Chicago, Wilson could conceivably become available, although that's uh, not for certain. Hey, I want a scoop. And by the way, Phil Miller, a baseball writer mm-hmm. and Twins beat writer for the for the Star Tribune, joins us right after this break. Thanks, Johnny. You bet. You know, tomorrow's Thanksgiving. Uh, tonight, the Timberwolves are playing. The Wild is playing. Go for basketballs. Heading into a very uh, busy time against actually playing real opponents over the next two weeks. It's time to watch football, eat turkey. But I had a, I had an inkling after reading of the paper this last week to talk some twins with Phil Miller because there's some interesting stuff going on. Phil of the Star Tribune uh, covers the twins in Major League Baseball. And welcome back, Phil. It's only been, uh, what, about six weeks uh, since the twins uh, lost the playoff game in the Bronx. And uh, there's a lot cooking, and there's some really interesting stuff out there. Uh, first of all, you know, you wrote a nice piece about how uh, Falvey and Levine and a lot of smart teams try to lock up their young players before they become free agents. Uh, you also addressed that in like two years, the Twins have almost no salary on the books, so they have great flexibility. There's the story now about the Japanese player who the Twins are certainly interested in along with some other teams and have a fair amount of money to spend. So there's a lot to talk about in, in baseball. And let's start, first of all, with the Japanese player, uh, why don't you just introduce us to who he is, uh, tell us what you think the Twins' interest is and what their chance of getting him are, and convince us all that if the Twins do land him that he's not going to be uh, Byung-ho Park, who was a Korean, or a South Korean, or Nishioka, who was a Japanese player. Uh, well, completely different players, obviously. Uh, his name is uh, Shohei Otani. Uh, he is the uh, best player in uh, Japanese baseball, and to hear some scouts uh, tell it, maybe the best player ever. Uh, he, uh, you've seen it in newspaper headlines, uh, the Babe Ruth of, uh, of Japanese baseball, um, partly because uh, in addition to being the hardest-throwing pitcher that uh, they've ever had, at least uh, Japanese descent, in the league, he also is a uh, accomplished power hitter. Uh, I, I'm told his batting practices are... are uh, or uh, Kenny Vargas esque, I guess, uh, where you stop what you're doing and uh, and watch him, and, uh, which is pretty amazing because he's not he's big for a Japanese ball player, but he's he's not a huge hulking player. Um, but the crazy thing is, he's 23. He wants to come to America. If uh, if he were to wait two years and come in uh, after his 25th birthday, he'd be an uh, unrestricted free agent and could sign a contract for. Most people say over a hundred million. Some people think uh, by that time it would approach two hundred million. Uh, instead, he is going to work under the current posting agreement, which limits all teams to their international uh, international signing money. Which every team starts out uh, each year with either four and a half, five, or five and a half million dollars. So, as you can tell, it's it's going to be a lot less. But he wants to come here anyway. And obviously, uh, when he does, there is going to be quite a competition. I'm a little surprised that uh, 
the twins seem to be seem to be expressing so much interest in them. I do think it's a huge opportunity for them if, in the event that he does not choose Minnesota, uh, that they would uh, use their international money, which they have uh, three million, a little more than three million, to trade to another team to increase their offer uh, to him. So either way, the Twins see this as a uh, as a pretty uh, good opportunity for them to uh, to get something, either a great player or maybe a prospect. And he is a guy that wants to hit and pitch, correct? He is. Uh, uh, there is quite a bit of skepticism that that will last very long. Uh, you know, there's a reason nobody really does that. Uh, but um, the thinking goes, if, uh, if that is a deal breaker for him, uh, that some teams will go along with it and let him uh, pitch every fifth day and be the designated hitter in two of the three days he has off uh, to let him – let him try it, see how it works. So, you know, he's uh, he's brilliant at it in Japan. Um, it, it's, you know, uh, Jung-Ho Park and uh, Nishioka, like you say, can tell you the, the difference between uh, be- uh, baseball in the Asian leagues and over here. Maybe, uh, maybe the hitting um, doesn't translate right away, uh, or maybe it does, and maybe he's a star player. I know uh, Dad Levine has made it clear that if, uh, if he wanted to come to Minnesota, he can he can hit and he can pitch and he can uh, be the bullpen catcher if he wants. Uh, they'll let him do anything. I think people that are wondering why a young guy like Falvey and, and Levine wanted to come to Minnesota, I think your story uh, that you had this week, and it basically shows that, yeah, the Twins have, what, $90 million under payroll for next year and, like, $40 million the next year. But, like, in two years, they've got, like, almost nothing on the payroll. In other words, they are approaching now where they've got a core of young players that they've got to think about signing ahead of their – eligibility period you know probably six really good young players that they got to think about locking up and they've got a lot of money to play with in the next couple of years i mean right now they've got kind of a blank well they've got better than a blank canvas they have a they have a blank canvas but like i said they've got they've got you know really six really good young players uh when you look at uh, buxton and rosario and barrios and kepler and uh, the third baseman, and uh, you know they've got six guys in Kepler and and Polanco. They've got six young guys that they might sign one or all of them to long-term deals before their eligibility to be eligible to arbitrate or become free agents. And after they sign those guys, they're still going to have a lot of money to do other things as well. I mean, if these guys know what they're doing, they're on the verge of having the opportunity to do something great here. It's really remarkable how uh, how unencumbered they are, and yet they still have in the major leagues, the core of what they and a lot of people believe uh, could eventually be a championship caliber uh, uh, offense anyway, and uh, maybe team. Uh, that is uh, that is really rare. Uh, Brian Dozier's contract ends next year. Uh, Maurer's contract ends uh, next year. Uh, the year after, they still have uh, uh, Phil Hughes, uh, maybe Irvin Santana, if he reaches 200 innings, his contract kicks in. But uh, by 2020, they at this point have a half a million dollars committed, and that is if they decide to buy out Byung Ho Park uh, and not extend him. So it is, you know, a lot of teams can have that kind of flexibility. You know, the Astros had that kind of flexibility, but they uh, did it before uh, these guys had, uh, you know, any uh, major league experience. The, the Twins have seen major league seasons from these guys, and are really know what they're getting more than uh, more than most teams and you're right six six young guys uh that 
they have under control for four more years in most cases. And really, you know, I don't know what it'll take to sign them, but the uh, the way these contracts work now is we'll we will give you double what you would uh, expect to make, perhaps uh, going year to year, but buy out your free, a couple of free agent years at less than what you would earn. It gives you the the uh, financial um, stability, you know, the guarantee that uh, that if something happens, if uh, if you break your leg, your career won't be over. But the Twins will get those guys under under cost, which for uh, as as Levine said, you know we're never pro- we're probably never going to be a top five payroll team. Stuff like this is uh, is really valuable. Uh, you know now they have that gives them the opportunity to go out and spend a little money on the things they don't have. And you know when you think of the six: Buxton, uh, uh, Buxton, uh, Rosario, Sano, Polanco, Kepler, and Barrios. These are six guys, very young. They've been up and down. But they've all had; they've already shown success in the major leagues. All six of them have had stretches when they've been outstanding, right? All six of these guys, their consistency yeah. isn't always there. But you know, we've seen a lot of young players in all sports come up and they never show success at the at the top level. These guys all have already shown some varied level of success, so the, you know their chances of not being a bust are greatly diminished. They've shown they can do it. Can they do it over a consistent basis? So it's probably less of a risk than it would be for some other guys. So yeah, they, they've got a great head start on it. Obviously, when you when I read that list, only one of them is a pitcher. And and I guess that there's been some reports that the Twins are looking at some pitchers uh, right now, uh, some some fairly big-name pitchers. What, what do you think about who they might sign and what the chances are of who they might get? You know, people ask me all the time, uh, are the Twins going to spend money? Is uh, You know, are we going to uh, finally sign a $100 million guy or one of the feature guys? And, uh, you know, I have to say, I don't, I don't think we can – I don't think we know yet. Uh, these guys, uh, a year – it's really something uh, how a year into their tenure, um, they have uh, played so close to the vest, uh, went with a, uh, a evaluation year and let's say half the cost. Um, and, and we, it, it's hard to pin down what kind of style uh, they tend to have. Do they want to make a splash? Uh, but I think that um, the days of building through free agency are uh, are largely behind. You know, it's been quite a while since a since a champion has been built that way. I guess go back to the '09 Yankees uh, to find somebody that uh, whose key players were uh, were free agents that they brought in. So. Uh, I would be surprised, given how much uh, you know, how smart uh, they uh, are trying to play this, that they would um, you know, sign free agent at the present now, because you, in most cases, uh, you know, a six-year, one hundred and fifty million dollar contract, you're getting, uh, you hope, three or four good years, and, and spending a lot uh, for the winning years. You know, all the free agents are, are over thirty this year. Right. Next year will be different with uh, Machado and uh, and uh, Harper, but uh, this year they're all uh, a little old, and I would be surprised if if um, this management decides to uh, spend that kind of money. That said, if they decide that uh, that this guy, uh, whoever they bring in, you know, whether it's uh, you Darvish or Jake Arrieta or somebody like that. Uh, can uh, get them over the hump that they're close enough where they feel like they can contend for first the AL Central title. Uh, maybe you know they're saving enough money uh, with locking up their young players elsewhere that uh, that they can afford to absorb one or two 
we just don't have any evidence of it yet. They've never done it, uh, and they haven't. Uh, they haven't shown that they're the same old penny-pinching twins either. So I think this winter really shows us who they are. Well, you'll be busy, Phil. Thanks for joining us. We'll have you on again. All right, Scott. Good talking Thanks, to you. Phil Miller. You know, and the, the pictures that uh, Johnny Height mentioned earlier, uh, Reavers, did you, you mm-hmm. hand and a couple other guys? Yeah. Uh, what do you think of those guys? I love them. The problem is if you're going to try to go after a guy like a Brad Hand, a, 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 a still young, controllable dominant relief pitcher, you're going to have to give up quite a bit to go get him. Yeah, so that's it, why I'd rather that they take the free agent approach without having to also give up assets. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. But they're definitely up trending in the right direction. And if you ask me my opinion about what team in this town is most likely to win a championship, well, I would say just because I think the Vikings this year are at least a chance, I'd put them one and I'd put the Twins two way out of the Timberwolves sure. or Wild or, or anybody else. So we'll take a break, come back, and wrap up the first hour of the ride. Well, I've made it through an hour without ripping Wiggy and Tibbs, but uh, we'll pick that up again at the top of the I know hour. Manny's very excited about that. He loves talking wolves with you. Man, Tibbs is a bad coach, period. There's no equivocation Save on it, it now. You're going you're gonna to lose just, all your just, steam and you're going to blow. You no, know. no, I could I could put eight hours on Tibbs. I, <laughs> I, I, I could. It's... It, it, you know, it is funny. There, there is. Oh, wait a minute, of, though. Can I? I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean. I did not mean to cut right. you off. But let me ask you a question. Because you and Mr. Mackey are at the forefront of calling me out for my piping hot Richard Patino takes. Yes. So, is this the same thing that's going to happen with with Tibbs if nope. they decide to go if they get to the Western Conference Finals? Or I am judging Tibbs on how his team plays, not on the record they have. That's the difference. Okay, that I I like the way Richard Patino coached, but his players were terrible. Okay. Okay. Tibbs last year had a, had a team that should have been close to 500. I didn't expect him to win the NBA. You have Towns and Wiggins and all these supposed high draft picks, and they were awful. They were they were terrible. And now now he adds all these guys that he wanted, and yeah, they're better. They probably will make the playoffs. Uh, but if I but if I would I would say this if I I know nothing about how to coach a basketball team. If I was coaching them, they'd be better than 10 and seven. And I guarantee you that. I will guarantee. To you that now I couldn't have gotten Jimmy Butler to come here. That's true. So he, I, that's the only thing Tibbs has done. So we'll, we'll get into that at the top of the hour. We'll also talk to Herm Edwards right at a five fifteen, baby. It's Wednesday, and then, we'll, and then we'll talk a little PJ Fleck extension in the in the last half hour, and I talk I talk a little bit about Zimmer's love of a certain anatomy part of Case Keenum uh, here on the ride with Royce. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Right now, get up to two hundred dollars off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton tread. Accessories like non-slip grip resistance bands, a heart rate monitor, yoga blocks, and more. Take your workout to the next level with Peloton, motivation that moves you. Hurry, this limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access memberships separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.